Hi, this is Donna Otto, and I have been walking you through a book written by, oh, this is true, I wish she were my friend, but she's a friend of my heart through the books and words that she has spoken. I met her. That doesn't make her a friend, does it? And I met her husband. Doesn't make him a friend either. But I greatly respected Francis and Edith Schaefer, who are now at home in heaven. They have a wonderful, marvelous history. Look them up and find out what they did and what they wrote. And Edith wrote a number of books that I dearly loved. One was called Hidden Art. Oh, she had such, she was so creative. We're all creative, but she allowed her creativity to just flow. And this book that she wrote was called What is a Family? And it was a model, a builder of how we thought family should look in our own family. And then as I began to teach, I used her materials regularly. And I decided that it was a good time in the history of modern homemakers and in the history of our world to pause and talk about what is a family? What, what are the ingredients? And some of these terms that we have used, like a, the, what is the one? A shelter in the time of a storm. A shelter in the time of, or the center and heart of education. And today I want to talk to you about the family is the tower of truth. The family is the primary place for truth to be handed down. Are you a truth speaker? I have some young friends, and I do love my young friends. They help me stay alive, I promise you. And they are witty and funny, and they poke and prod and ask questions. And I have watched many of them transform before my very eyes in the years that I've known them. But one of them is very outspoken, and she said, I'm, well, I'm just a truth teller. One day... She said that, and then she looked at me, and we were just the two of us together, and she looked at me and she said, why are you giving me that look? And I guess I've been with them long enough they know my face, you know? And the look was, do you really mean that? That was the look. I was, are you really telling me that? And so we had this long, very deep, and turned out to be tearful conversation. Because being a truth teller doesn't mean you tell everybody your truth. <laughs> It means that you know what truth is for yourself. And truth is passed on from one generation to the next generation. I continue to bring the Deuteronomy passage because it's a passage that starts in Deuteronomy, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. And it continues through Ephesians and Colossians that talk about what the role of a parent is to teach, to train, to educate, to be with them when they rise up, when they, when they get up in the morning. How do you teach a child when they get up in the morning? To get up and be oh so pleasant, as Harvey would say. How do you teach a child when they go to bed at night, when you're going to bed at night, when you eat, when you sleep, when you talk, when you walk, on your hands, how you touch them, on your foreheads, how you smile at them, on your mouth as you speak to them? What does your household stand for? Remember a woman who worked in the ministry for years and her son said to me, our family doesn't believe that. 
And I smiled interiorly. I thought, good for you, young man, good for you, parents, who have taught your family, whether it's right or not. He had the anchor of knowing that our family doesn't believe that. So we are to tell our children and to teach our children and to pray that the, we would be a tower of truth as a family. What you tell your child affects four generations. Cain passed on a falsehood to his family, and for generations to come, they suffered. And we're responsible for each one of us for the next generation and the next generation and the next generation and the next generation. My daughter came home from school when she was in high school, and she said, Mom, is this a lie or the truth? And I thought, oh, don't you hate it when they ask those questions like that? Like, I, I like just massage that answer, but I've got to answer it. So if you go to the movie theater, and you buy a ticket, and you watch a movie, isn't it wrong to go to another movie without buying another ticket? So I said, well, Anissa, what do you think? She said, I told my friend that it was wrong, that it was like telling a lie. And I thought, good girl. <laughs> because you entered the theater and you paid a price to watch a movie. Is it a lie? It's a deception. It's dishonest. Oh, but who knows? And nobody knows and nobody cares. Except that you're showing that to your children. Or the one that always sticks out in my heart, a family who we loved, and, and they did many things, and nobody does it perfectly. Believe me, we didn't do it perfectly. There were a lot of things we wished we hadn't done that I'm sure looked like lies and deception, and our family didn't grow from it. But if the ticket on airline says that it's only good for you, then you can't use it for someone else. It... it it, that's a lie. It's a deception. It's a falsehood. And when they start, they're always just little things, like just a little, what we used to call them, white lies or little lies. But how does that look in a family? It seldom looks black and white. It seldom looks blatant. It's often very subtle. I don't feel well today. I think I'll miss work. Tell them I'm not at home because you don't want to take a phone call. Tell them I'm, my name is this name because I'm traveling on a ticket. You can't do that in these days because you have to have all your proper identification. Tell the officer uh, when he puts his head in the car. These little things that we do in front of our children are not being a tower of truth. And then we wonder why our children lie back to us or deceive us, or hide from us. And they don't want to tell us the truth because they know how we feel about lying. Now, my dad was a, he was a very complicated man, and very complicated, and he had a lot of um, difficulties in his life, and his mom died when he was nine, and he basically lived his life from the time he was nine till the time he died at 91, um, doing whatever he wanted to do. When he was 13 years old, he convinced a buddy to steal a car and drive it from Michigan to Florida. They caught him in Florida. He drove a 13-year-old kid, drove a big car from Michigan to Florida. That was his way. But he could not bear someone lying to him. Okay? Could not bear it. So my first encounter with telling my father a lie was so dumb. I mean, what I did was so dumb. We had a fairly large size house, two-story. The front part of the house is where my dad sat and read the newspaper. The back part of the house where there was one phone, which was in the kitchen. 
And I came in and said, Dad, could I make a phone call? That was required in those days. Nobody had their own cell phone and all of that stuff. And he said no. And I went back to the kitchen. And a lie grew within me. If I turn the water on and the water runs, and I pick up the phone and I make a soft telephone call, he'll never know. Well, I did that. And a few minutes later, my father shouted for me to come. And then he looked at me straight out and he said, did you use the phone? And I said, no. Then he dragged me by my ear, which to this day is still longer than the other one, all the way from the front of the house to the back of the house to get to the telephone. And what to my wondering eyes do you see on the telephone but soapy white suds on the handle of the phone? Remember those old phones? My father went ballistic. The complication came from the fact that I observed my father lie often. I observed him lie often. And now he was punishing me severely for lying. And that was confusing. So, you know, nobody teaches you to lie. You don't stand your children up and say, now, honey, this is how the best way to tell a lie. I've never heard anyone ever say that. Maybe you've done it, but I've never heard anybody. We don't teach our children how to lie. We lie to cover ourselves. We lie when we know we've done something we shouldn't do, whether it's instinctive or because our parents told us not to. But we have to teach and practice forgiveness and unforgiveness. We have to teach and practice loyalty. We have to teach and practice truth. We have to be a tower of truth. We always have to have the feel the freedom to pretend, and you can pretend, and, and pretend you're the cookie monster, but that's not the same thing as telling a lie. In Psalm 78, verses 2 through 7, he says, I will open my mouth in a parable, telling stories. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our ancestors have told us. Those are riddles. We will not hide them from our children. We will tell them to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. He has established a decree in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our ancestors to teach their children that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and rise up and tell them to their children so that they should set their hopes on God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and that they should not be like their ancestors, stubborn and rebellious generation, but a generation whose spirit and heart was faithful and steadfast to God. I struggled with that passage. I struggled with raising a child when I had been raised myself in a home that had so much conflict about truth. So much conflict about truth. What was truth? And it turned out I was a pretty good liar. Um, I lied my way through a lot of things. And then, this must be Donna Otto storytelling today. And then, when I was 17, I was getting a driver's license, and we didn't have a car. My parents were divorced by then. My mother didn't even know how to drive, so why would we have a car? But my father had a car, and um, he took me out and taught me how to drive. My boyfriend taught me how to drive, really. And then I got a ticket. And I got a ticket, 
And to go to court, because I wasn't 18, I had to bring a parent. Well, my mother couldn't do that, so my father said he would do that. And I got all dressed to go to court. I'll never forget it because my father made a big deal of it, and now the story is very vivid to me. I wore a white sleeveless dress. I had red shoes and a red purse, and a long purse that I locked under my arm. And I came out to the car, and my father said, What are you doing? And I said, Well, I'm going to court to see the judge. I wanted to dress up. He thought I should have dressed out. But I had just made a very important commitment to Christ just weeks before this happened. And one thing I I heard in my spirit was that God's people don't tell lies. They don't intentionally tell lies. They tell the truth because they trust God to take care of them. I I was so naive at this. I was just naive. But the truth, I believed to be truth, and I was going to do it. So I got to the courtroom. All the way down, my father was telling me from my neighborhood to downtown, this is what you do, and this is what you do. When the judge looks, you do this, and And I paid absolutely no attention to him because by now, I understood that my father told lies and that I didn't want to tell lies. So I stood up in front of the judge, and I told this preposterous story, which was absolutely true, about turning left and going south and going east, and the next time I turned left, I was going north and going west, and it was bizarre. It was true, though. And the judge looked at me and he said, Miss Santani, are you ever going to turn left on Lawrence and Kimball again? And I said, no, sir, I'm never turning at that corner ever again. He said, case dismissed. And my father was stunned. He said, you told him the truth. And I said, yeah, Dad, I did. I want to tell the truth now. Now, that was my naivete. I was so new in faith. And I believe that God honors these early days of inception of relationship with him. But I want you to know that God honors our telling the truth, even if it doesn't happen immediately. If I had told the truth that day and had to pay a steep fine, I still believe that telling the truth was what I was called to do. And I want you to consider that in how you teach your children how you guide them. Uh, A dear friend of mine who came to faith as an adult, uh, I bought her a Bible before she had ever surrendered her heart to Christ, and it had a concordance in it. And she said, it's like my dictionary. I keep it right here on the table. She told me it has everything in it. It has adultery and fornication and eating, resting and money and political uh, political issues. And I thought, how smart of her, because the answers are all there. Um, They're veiled sometimes, but I want you to know that being a tower of truth starts by understanding the Word of God. Proverbs 1 and 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. And in James, he said, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God. Home is the center and heart of education. Home is also the tower of truth. And I want to close my time with this prayer written by Edith Schaefer. Oh God, help me as a mother. Help us as parents to be sensitive to the red light flashing on, to the beep, beep warning when one or another of our children's education electrocardiograms shows a dangerous condition, whether it be an area of science or history or literature or language or the early ABCs, whether it be drug or alcohol or a matter of wanting to break away from God. Help us to be 
the tower of truth. So I want to call you to be a tower of truth in your family. I want you to be the kind of woman, the kind of mother, the kind of wife, the kind of family that espouses truth. There's no perfection. You'll slip up. We all do. But may your children understand that they grow up a tower of truth and they have an option to do the same. Remember, it's for four generations. We teach things that last for four generations. What you are teaching your children will be a byproduct in your great-grandchildren. Remember the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very calm... Sorry, Nancy. I don't, I don't even know what I'm saying. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day in being a tower of truth.